truth in his art. Uh, we're, we're back in Philadelphia, out here in the city, and I'm your host, Rob Lee. Uh, today's guest is a Philadelphia-based illustrator, industrial designer, and uh, current fine art student. they got a lot going on. Uh, specializing in public art and uh, exhibition design. Her artwork is presented in watercolor, acrylic, and um, her favorite, uh, uh, digital illustration. We're going to talk about this. Uh, her artwork is also based on the representation of uh, heritage culture, biodiversity, uh, climate change, and recognition of territory. Please welcome Jessica Carvajal, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank you for, for making the time. <laughs> we're, we're doing this. Like, this could have been, you know, through Zoom. But I was like, no, 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 no. This has to be the real thing. This has to be the real conversation. And, you know, in part of this series, it's really important to do it in place. Not like, oh, you know, we could just get in and it, there's no sort of connectivity there. But I think being able to do it in the environment and around the environment is something richer in that. So if you will, could you, you know, share your story, you know, some of those sort of early creative interests you had growing up. And I find that a lot of times the stuff that we were into as children or as young people, we ultimately come back to that or it has some sort of connection to what we do now. So if you could share a bit about what you were into growing up. Yeah, of course. I mean, I feel like I grew up in a very creative family. My both parents are designers, so my mom is fashion designer, my dad is industrial designer. So I think like since I was little, I have, my mom had this like huge workshop with different materials and fabrics and cardboard and colors. And uh, we were just like, that was our playground with my siblings. So it was like making, I don't know, the presents for somebody else or like the Christmas presents or like just things for ourselves. So I feel like uh, since I was little, I always had that in me and I really enjoy it so much. So whenever I went to school, I took a lot of art classes and that was my specialization when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So I always feel drawn about that. Like I was super clear since I was little that that is exactly what I wanted to do. And that happened with my sister too. She went to fine art design, um, a school I went to design school, um, and even though they're both like similar and yeah. they're creative and they have things in common, I realized that they are so different too. Like the conversation that I had with my sister is not the same thing. The conversations that I have with people that I went to college with. Sure. So, um, so I feel like it's always there. I never had another like another interest. I never had another, you know, option in college. So I I go into design school and that's it. You know, like it's gonna happen. Um, but with the time, I feel like um. It changed the way how I saw things. Mm -hmm. Like initially I was interested when I went to college, I was 16 years old. Like you were not able to change your degree. <laughs> yeah. Like you had to go to the first semester in Columbia having that. Like, you don't have the time to experiment different stuff and then decide this is going to be your major. Yeah. Like you have to know already. So I was 16. Mm. I was like, okay, industrial design, industrial design. That's going to happen. Product design. Um, and then I graduated and yes, I love it. I learned so many things, but then I realized that I I'm very good at fine art too yeah. in art history. So that is what I'm doing right now. I'm finishing that part. I feel like uh, I have learned a lot about design and I know how to apply that to my practice as an illustrator and as an artist. But I feel like I need that artist background yeah. uh, information. That is what I went back to school and try to just focus in art history right now. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much 
my childhood with art. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, an overachiever, uh, 16. Uh, I mean, that's, I had no idea what I wanted to do at 16. I was, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my weird hair growing out of my face. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're deciding like what you're going to do, like moving forward in your life. And that's really big. And I think, you know, for, for me, if, if I'm really thinking back to again, how that, where that question comes from, I, knew probably around that time that I liked recording conversations with folks and really getting their take. And I would, um, do interviews. I was like a jerk with a microphone. I would just put into your face. Hey, what do you think about this year, man? School is crazy. Right. <laughs> and, and that was the stuff that I was into. And to a degree that I think laid some of the framework and foundation for, for what I'm doing now, but I couldn't say, you know, now almost 22 years ago, that, hey, this is what I'll be doing in this capacity when I'm an adult. I thought I was going to be an astronaut or something or, you know, have my own business or even be in robotics. I had so many different things. But I think, you know, when you have a sense of what you want to do and you're able to kind of work towards it, which I'm seeing what you're doing, you're able to fill in those other areas, like having that base, having that foundation of I have my degree in this area and now I want to kind of branch off and extend in this other area that really connects to it and they serve each other. Yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, that's the other thing about industrial design. Like uh, whenever I was 16 and I wanted to go to college, I thought in my mind, okay, you're just going to work as a product designer. And then I got there and then I had the possibility to experiment so many stuff. And then I realized, okay, God, this industrial design is not just about products. Yeah. It's not just about mass production. It's about what you want to do. So like I had professors that were working in museums or um, they were artists or maybe they were sculptures and they were like no related to a kind of like a specific industry. Mm -hmm. um, so they told me that in industrial design, you can use it anywhere, however you want to do it. Like it's so versatile. You can just, just have an idea and just follow that idea with that knowledge. Like we are, and they told me this so many times. We are an ocean on ideas, but with a little, no, no, it's not too deep. It's not an ocean very deep. So you can just decide what things you want to be more deep about it. Mm -hmm. So um, then it's when I, I, I got here and then I realized how, how much I love illustration. Like I never crossed that in my mind. I mean, I saw my sister doing illustration. Mm -hmm. She's more like, a painter, but she also taught me some things about illustration. She's my older sister. Uh, so I just, I just fell in love with that, you know? And so, I was like, I can't totally combine these two ideas, you know? So you grew up in Colombia and moved to Philadelphia. About how old were you when you moved to Philly? I was 21. I was 21. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'd already been in the industry for 10 years. <laughs> I was working professionally. Uh, so, so when coming here, do you, was there like, like talk about when you, you first moved into Philly from, from an arts perspective, like what were some of the things that you were seeing that really kind of gave you that I really want to go down this path into sort of the graphic work, sort of the artwork, sort of the fine art um, component, because I walk around, like I was telling you before we got in here, I walk around and even in this space, you can see all different things. There's like a visual or design language in these streets and in these places here. So tell me about that when you came here. Well, um, first of all, I, I always loved New York. Like when I was in college, I had to read so many authors for New York. I was like, I had to go to that city. Like if you're a designer, artist, creative, you had to be there at least once. Like you need to be immersed in that explosion of creativity. So I, I knew that I wanted to come here. I knew that I wanted to learn English. That is another thing. Like I feel like 
for some reason, English is like right now the universal language. You had to learn it. And I wanted to learn it. So that was my point. Like I graduated from college and I immediately came here. Like I graduated like two weeks after I was already here. And I was like, <laughs> I want to be as close as possible to New York. Um, New York by that time it was super, super expensive for me. I mean, it still is. So it's like a, something similar, but I can go there. Uh, so I decided to come to Philadelphia, but I already had my vision that I want to develop my practice somewhere. I was just like experimenting stuff. And when I was in Colombia, I worked with uh, this art foundation for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job was kind of like, kind of like made the promotion for social media and like billboards and things like that for the events that they were doing, the classes they were uh, doing and the workshops and things like that. So that was like, a, I was still in college. So I kind of did... Um, Things because I wanted to do it. Like I, w- I wanted to support the group and there was like so many friends of mine in the group. Yeah. So I just wanted to help them to do their thing, you know? So um, they had, they told me, I just said, can you work with photographs? Uh, can you try to do illustrations? Like honestly, I have never done that before, mm. but I can try. Why not? So I did it. And I was like, Oh man, this is great. Like I can do everything that is in my mind. I can draw it. Like it's, it's fine. So. I started following that path and then I got here and, and I was like, I want to see what is happening there in like in graphic kind of situation. So, uh, I got here and it was like the strongest art network I ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like I just got here. I just talked with a couple of people and they were like, yeah, talk with this person, talk with the other mm-hmm. one. And they was just like, boys, my boys. I just started meeting a lot of people and everyone was super supportive. That was, one thing that I fell in love with Philadelphia is like they really believe in your work and if they don't believe in your world they're telling honestly I don't agree with you in this but somebody call this person yeah. he's or she is very interested in this so you should talk to him uh, I was like a super open to anything I just like a, as, as, soon, like a, as long as I can <laughs> practice my English and I can talk about art I'm honest, you know, like yeah. I just I plan to be here one year and, it's like, and then I go back to Colombia and finish my stuff but opportunities grew up here and you know, so I decided to stay um but yeah that was like the first thing that I, that I saw here I was like and then I forgot about New York I was like I feel it is my place now <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel so support here uh I feel like uh people really understand my work here and uh so many people is doing things collaborations with me it's like I never imagined to do this before so um, that's, yeah. that's that's wonderful and um you know, we had to we had to get you down to Baltimore then, because um, we're we're coming up right behind, and that's where I'm I'm coming from. And you know, when I come up here, I see like Philadelphia has a lot of like you know that sort of support, that connectivity you mentioned. I see that, and I see Baltimore coming up right behind it. We're like slightly behind, and it's sort of that spirit, that creative spirit. We're just like coming up right behind it, and. And I, and I, and I say that because over the last, like, maybe five or six years, I've been kind of monitoring Philly, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series up here. And I've been, you know, back and forth getting like, okay, Philadelphia's changing. I see development. I see things happening. And one of my um, peers in Baltimore, he told me about this place they were recording this interview in. And kind of in that same sort of vibe of, you know, you said like in two weeks, you know, after upon graduating, you were in here me too, you know, like after maybe two weeks of having that conversation, I signed up and became a member because I've seen the value there and I've seen this sort of creative energy and this sort of collaborative spirit. And that's what I think many cities with black and brown people like, like ourselves can, can I think really benefit from just having 
you know, being able to have that sort of conversation. And to your point of, I think, so I was telling you before we got started about this class that I was in. And one of the things that was really cool about it is this period of critique. You know, and I think a lot of times we don't get that. We just have to put stuff out there. But I think being able to get that critique and being able to get it for someone who might look like you, they kind of get it. Or, you know, people that you can kind of connect with that can help you improve what your vision is and get some of those things that there's frankly gatekeepers in the way of at times. Mm -hmm. So um, could you share more? about um like studying industrial design and, and public art and how, how how these areas of study have influenced like your artistic style and your approach and I, I think we were touching on that a little bit but talk about like how some of the the work that you're interested in some of the studies that you're in how they all kind of work together what you take from them to kind of improve the way you go about your work mm-hmm. well um industrial design that is uh, kind of like the first thing that i had interaction to, it was like uh, they taught me to be as precise as possible. So you are not gonna have something out there until you are hundred percent sure that it's gonna work mm-hmm. and that it's going to have an audience that is gonna appreciate it. So um, that is one thing that sometimes, like right now that I'm fine art school, I um, I, I I have this conversation with my professor all the time. Whenever we're doing like drawing or sculpture, they were like. Jessica, you had to be less perfect, like because I use rulers and I take the measurement and I want to look exactly alike. Like I went to in Colombia, you had to go to school five years plus one other year of uh, your thesis. So, like I have six years in my mind, people telling me that you have to have everything measured, and then I go here to find an school and say, forget about that. You have to let it go. Like, mm-hmm. don't use rules. You just like freehand. Do things like that. Be a little bit more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little bit difficult for me to just be less exact. <laughs> and I think I I totally understand their point. Like, mm-hmm. I, you see something, you are not a camera. You know, you had the possibility to take that picture or that idea, put your input, and do something else. You yeah. know. So I am learning to do that in. That is when public art comes to the table because public art uh, is about like plasmid ideas in just one image or one concept. So um, I had the possibility to take ideas a concept from public art mm-hmm. that usually for me is community support or like talking about my culture as Latin or like talking about being a brown person in America or like so many things that I have in my mind. But also I take industrial design to show in a, a specific audience what are those ideas or how can I really show through illustration those ideas and people are going to understand me. doesn't matter what language you speak, what kind, of, what kind of like job they have. Like interesting design, tell me how can I be precise in another people's kind of perspective that just in the work itself that I'm doing. I don't know if that makes sense no, a little bit. Um, but yeah, that is like, that's the thing that, that I love with public art that I had the opportunity to just tell a long story in just one picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And in the design, it helped me to put that picture out there and being understood. 
Yeah, I, I I like that, and I and I think being able to have some of the things that you're interested in that come out within your work, and being able to take like, hey, I have this in this very precise sort of way, like I understand this and have this um, sort of acumen, and then also if you need it, I can do it as public art as well. You know, mm-hmm. I like being able to work within both, and I think, you know, or at least applying those sensibilities from one, because a lot of times, like. You know, with, um, I think, measurements, I think architecture, right? So you got to be very precise or that building's going to fall apart. Or you're not going to get past inspection to even fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I find that, and, and I go back to this this thing where I had this period where I wanted to do paintings, right? I did these, like, I guess they, I don't know what size they were, but they weren't huge. I was doing these paintings um, once a month for like six or eight months, something like that. And the first one I did, I had rulers and I was trying to show all of these different angles and have very sharp angles and painting in these spots. And most of it is very precise. And then one or two spots in it, I see that I didn't care in that area. And I just kind of let that let that paint bleed a little bit mm-hmm. to have that sort of imperfection in there. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it clicks. But I'm reading in this this sort of book right now. Um, what is it called? Uh, it's called Ganbate. And it's talking about like, you know, taking like basically giving your best best effort. I think so often we're expected to be perfectionist and be precise. But sometimes if you're doing it and your spirit and your energy is right and doing this thing right, and giving your best effort. That's you, you did it. And I think that's kind of what maybe you're getting from working in the sort of public art space as well as, you know, having that background in the more industrial or more like, you know, adjusted sort of space. Yeah. Um, so talk about balancing, you know, that work as, you know, being an artist, an illustrator, designer, being being in school, all of those things. How do you balance that time? How many cups do you have with your time in it? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's kind of tough. But I enjoy every single thing. Uh, it's um, it's a very tough schedule. Like even Saturdays and Sundays, I sometimes work, you know, having meetings or like I just get out of school and I just have to run to the studio or like I just get some commissions. So I, as soon as I finish homework, I had to work in those commissions or like ask for changes, something like that. But honestly, it's just um, like being very honest with the people that I'm doing the work for and explaining, hey, look. I'm in school right now, but I can do this, you know, like I, if I wouldn't be able to deliver this in certain time, I wouldn't be right. compromising with you right now. So um, I feel like uh, everything comes with like talking with people, emailing, say, hey, I'm doing this. How about this time? Um, yeah, be very honest with what you want to deliver. Like if I want to deliver something with quality, which I always want to deliver, mm-hmm. like as everyone else, um, I really have to be very honest with the time that I'm going to do. And also, like, uh, I have to sometimes give a little time for myself. Uh, so uh, I just try to organize things as much as I can. And when I see that I cannot do it, i just going to have to talk with somebody else. But uh, sometimes also one another thing that I do is, like, whenever I feel like I can just create the idea and somebody else can help me with basic stuff like with more production and stuff that sure. somebody else can do doing a commission with somebody else i mean is very good too or um yeah we're looking for support for so many people yeah. like sometimes i just work at school so i don't have to leave at school so i can be in the other class mm-hmm. in time um yeah but it's a little bit like a busy schedule but i love it i love this hustle of just like doing art and design and talking with people because that is how i get most of my commission is like oh 
I know this person at school. I yeah. know this person in the studio. I know this person at work. So in the same thing, I just recommend it on other people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the whole point of making the network stronger here in Philly. Yeah. And it's like, I never stop it. Like, never stops. Like, uh, I never calculate that I'm going to get a commission, but every month I'm just getting work and getting work and uh, meeting people or like supporting ideas too, like doing volunteering work too. I love to do that too, because I know a lot of people also volunteer for my work too. Yeah. So I feel like I is part of it. Uh, just like if you style, you just get out of the game, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I like that, you know, I'm a very active person. My mom, since I was little, she was very strict. She's one of the strictest person I am in my life. So she's <laughs> like, you get out early. I don't know if you don't have anything to do in this vacation. You go and get a job or like go for a walk, but I just don't want you to stay inside. So I think I grew up with that thing in my mind and like, I'm always doing things, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, people were asking, thank you for sharing that. Um, People ask me, like, how do you get so many episodes done when they go through, like, damn, how many episodes have you done? I was like, look, man, a lot. But the part of it is, you know, a lot of it I've been doing, and I think it ties back to it of having sort of maybe that lesson that you got of, you know, being imperfect. But I think being imperfect allows you to release a little bit of the work that you're doing when it's your projects Mm -hmm. to be open to collaboration and volunteering and, and things of the sort. So... Yeah, I used to do all of the editing. I used to do every part of it. And it's like, you're not going to be able to continue all of that at this rate. So, all right, can, can, you know, from my perspective, and I think a lot of folks when they're in this spot where they're putting out a lot of work, it's like, all right, what part of this process can I hand over? Do I need to make the canvas myself or can I buy really good canvases to meet the needs that I have? Or, you know, can I hire someone to do the paint shopping for me or whatever the thing is to support what I'm doing? Because it's only one me, you know, and right now, you know, I've not really edited and I'm capable of doing it, obviously, but I've not really edited my podcast in a while. I hire a person to do that. So if it takes a couple hours to edit the podcast, that's a couple hours. I can actually do another podcast and make, you know, kind of like use of that sort of extra time. Mm -hmm. Or if it's some of the administrative stuff or applying for grants, all those different things that go into sort of the artistic lifestyle, if you will, you know, having support in that way to kind of merge. And again, this ties merge the background that I have and my degree is in business to tie that sort of background with this artistic and creative sort of like heartbeat. Exactly. You know, another thing that I found interesting is like whenever I start collaborating with people or they collaborate with me is um, you stop being just so close minded to your, it's your idea. And I mean, it's obviously very important that you have control over the idea and somebody else can help you with the production. Yeah. But at the same time, the people who help you with the production have so many ideas that they can help you to build your own mm-hmm. and like to kind of like expand your perspective of things. So I feel like whenever you are willing to work with somebody else or let somebody else in in your process is a rich possibility of things like uh, they can give you new ideas and perspectives and you can have something better or you can do things faster the next time or you're gonna think different the next time uh so i feel like it's not just about getting things done it's about how things are gonna turn out like what are the inputs are gonna be there and it's just gonna turn out great or maybe i don't know it changed you as an artist so like as a thinker, yeah. that's admiring what I feel you are. But uh, I feel like our collaboration is, is key for everything. Yeah. 
And I think being in a in a city like this, that's the thing that I'm I'm seeing, and and maybe coming from it from sort of an outside perspective, like you know, you're a transplant, the same as well. I'm not a transplant; I'm a visiting, if you will. But you know, I think that that's what one is seeing and you know kind of the opportunities that are here from arguably people who don't have sort of the the ties and the baggage that are or the roots that are deeply rooted as some folks have here and i think that's something that's very interesting when it comes to looking at how a place grows it's like you want to bring in people who are about the community and you touch on you're like i dig philly like philly's great doesn't you know and i i think you know, when someone comes into a city or new people come into a city, you you know, they want to be a part of it. And I think being respectful of it versus coming in and saying, I'm going to make it in my image now. And I think that that's really important and that approach is important. And that's why some of those opportunities have come that way. It's like you're here to work, connect, collaborate and, you know, learn and all of that good stuff or what have you. People see that and it resonates. And that's why I think sort of that collaboration and those connections that you referenced earlier just are coming along. Like every, you know, every, every, you know, month, every, you know, you, you have folks coming in and say, here, here's a client, here's an opportunity, here's something. So I got two more real questions for you. And then I got some rapid fire questions for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm scared about that one. No, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. No, no, you won't. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So let, let's talk about... Um, you know, in terms of s- sort of some of the work that you've, you've done, could you discuss mm-hmm. like maybe a specific project or an initiative that you worked on that has a, pr- a very profound meaning or impact for you? And why was it impactful? Hmm, I will say my biggest and things that I'm proud about, I mean, every word's been great, but uh, the last time, um, the last month, I'm sorry, uh, I had the opportunity to curate an exhibit in the Neon Museum of Philadelphia. That's how I came aware of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. Honestly, I had the chance to talk with so many artists. Like, whenever we did the open call, uh, initially it was for Latin artists, but because it was going to be the last exhibit of that space, um, I wanted to just don't have any limits. And they, uh, my boss told me, like, Jessica, just do whatever you want to do. It's the last time we're going to be in this space. To just do whatever you want to do. So I just uh, focus exhibit in um, artists from everywhere, from outside the field that I'm bringing some, um, like, ideas to the city and have done something in here. Yeah. So you don't have to be necessarily based in Philadelphia, but if you have, like, you're working here and you have a, like, strong connection with the city in terms of art, like, I was super interested in, in talking with those people. So um, we have uh, 16 different artists in, from 13 different countries that was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy exhibit. I really love it, uh, talking with everyone, like, the life perspective, uh, how they use art to talk about their stories in their countries or mm-hmm. like their families or like these costumes. Um, so it was a learning experience. The day that we have the opening, um, the conversations turn and like, oh my God, I didn't know this happened in Paris. Yeah. I didn't know it happened in Vietnam and things like that. So, uh, it was like a history class. I didn't plan in that. I just wanted to show how different styles can, you know, relate to each other and just meet here in Philly, you know? And they, everyone just turned out about talking about history and like, history of certain countries or history center person in another country. So it was very, very interesting to see how people were interacting. And it wasn't my work itself there. It was more like the ideas that I wanted to convey. So I think that has been the biggest and like best project I had so far. 
just having the opportunity to bring another people in the table and tell me what they think. And like, they all love Philly like me. That's great. Come on, talk with people in Philly. So it was great. I think that was my, my best. So far, <laughs> that's, well, you know, you're, you're still still young in the game, so uh, more stuff to come. But that's a it's a very uh, very high bar that you set already. That sounds amazing. Thank you, thank you. I had a lot of support, so I kind of just give myself oh, no, no, the credit. All, just pat yourself <laughs> on the back, take all of the credit now. Okay. Um, this is the last real question I have, and this and this is more of just like a kind of a, a sort of a, a shorter answer. I think this is more of the precursor to the rapid fire questions, right? All right. Um, so as we move closer to closer to, I think, you know, art and creativity being more digital, right? Um, how do you decide, like, you know, whether you're going to have physical pieces in your space, like in your, your home? And, you know, like, I don't bring in a lot of stuff, you know, but the stuff that I do bring in, it has meaning, has a certain profoundness. Either I have a relationship with the artist, I just don't bring in something because it looks cool. It has to have more than that. How do you de- determine whether you're going to bring something into your space? Like, what sort of criteria does it have to have for you? Uh, well, usually, maybe at least 90% of the pieces that I have in my space, um, they're pieces that I've been working with the person, or I know the person personally, I support the cause. Mm-hmm. Probably that's the other thing. Um, I'm very impressed by the technique, even though maybe it's not a message, maybe I'm very interested for the technique, and I want to take it to my home, and I want to take a little close and then say, oh, my gosh, I, I can implement this in my work, too. Yeah. Or like, oh, this is so interesting. I never seen this before. Um, and that, that I learned that from my sister because she's a painter. So she has a little bit more, like, experience and knowledge in what physical work is. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to be interested even in technique, uh, meaning, or I'm very, very interested in the artist. That's great. Now, that's similar criteria. It's a depreciation <laughs> of art. I love it. <laughs> All right. So now that we have that, um, now it's that part of the podcast mm. as I delay it, right? To make it, to make it really, to just like, ah, can you just get to it, man? <laughs> so I got, I got five rapid fire questions for you. Mm-hmm. You know, no need to overthink them. All right. You know, it's the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. You're going to love this first one. What is your favorite hot drink? Coffee. Oh, said the Colombian. I'm Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one for one. Uh, what is the most overused word in art conversations? Uh, concept. Okay, two for two. Uh, <laughs> describe Philadelphia in three words. Um, diverse, supportive, um, versatile, probably. I was, I was hoping you would say it in Spanish, but you didn't. So you didn't take the bait, unfortunately. Um, how many hours of sleep do you typically get? Four. In a good day, like a Monday to Friday, probably going to sleep four. In the weekend, probably going to do six. You noticed that look I had on my face. I turned to a dad for a second there, didn't <laughs> I? Was I? Like, I was like, more. I was like what, are you, what are you doing? He has to go, what are you, what are you, what's, what's going on here? All right, here's the last one for you. Um, what is your... Like favorite secret spot. I usually think about food, right? What is your secret spot or hidden gem in Philadelphia? Uh, Nick's Fab. What do they have there? Uh, it's more like an artesian place. Okay. And they have uh, workshops for different materials. And like maybe once or twice a month, they have like a very just that day. It's like a Tuesday, Thursday night, something like that uh, exhibit about work that people are doing there. 
So if you get it that day, you get it. If you don't get it, you're out of the game. But they have such a good like ideas and yeah. products. That's that's wonderful. See, see, the rapid fire wasn't painful. You did it. <laughs> um, so okay, so <laughs> other than yeah, I was like, yeah, get that four to five. Let's get up to five hours. Come on now. <laughs> um, so. One, I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast and enduring and, you know, indulging me. And uh, um, two, I want to um, invite and encourage you to tell the listeners where they can check you out, your website, your social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, my Instagram is Jessica Illustration and my website is jessicaillustration.com. Uh, I have all my work in there or like commissions that I been working in uh so if you guys are super interested just check me or just give me a like i just like people who like some work <laughs> and yeah that's pretty much it so there you have it folks um i'm rob lee um for jessica Cabajal saying that there is art culture um design conversation collaboration in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it mm-hmm.